Welcome to the Solid Verbal. The Solid Verbal. Come after me! I'm a man! I'm 40! I've heard so many players say, well, I want to be happy. You want to be happy for a day? Eat a steak. It's that woo-woo! And now, Dan and Ty. Welcome back to the Solid Verbal, boys and girls. My name is Ty Hildenbrand. Joining me, as always, over there in beautiful Chicago, Illinois, the one and only Dan Rubenstein, sir. How are you? Ty, I am always good after checking on my precious little dough babies. Yes, that's right. I'm tying what I'm about to say and a broader point that we're going to make about college football and the solid verbal to the the cold fermentation of my pizza dough that's occurring right now thanks to microfungus and ethanol and carbon dioxide and flour and water. Because, Ty... Much like the bubbles, much like that air that's helping that dough to grow and mature, we have something bubbling up that Mm. we can finally talk about as we spread the content pan with sauce and cheese and toppings to fully bake and enjoy what the rest of the college football season and beyond has in store for the solid verbal and the college football fans at large. How do you feel? We used to do lyrics at the start of these shows, Dan. <laughs> now we're talking yeah, we about did. fermented pizza dough. You changed, man. You changed. I, I, You know, when you're not going out as much and the weather turns cold, you need to find stuff to do inside. And that's the direction I've gone. We have news. We do, do we have not? news. We do have news. Before we go any further, solidverbal.com is the website. If you're finding us for the first time going out, you can find all of our old stuff, including all the links you need to subscribe. You can follow along on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, and also on YouTube. If you go on out to youtube.com slash the solid verbal, you can also sign up for our newsletter on our website. And if you got something to say, don't forget you can email us at solidverbal at gmail.com. We read every message that comes through. We can't respond to all of them, but we do appreciate any and all feedback and commentary that we get. And, oh, one more important factoid, mm-hmm. 408 Verbal 1, Dan. 408 oh, yeah. Verbal 1, if you are new to the program, we have a little segment we like to call the Reverbs, which is you call in on a Saturday afternoon or evening as you're watching the games, you leave us a voice message, we cut them up bright and early on Sunday morning, and if we like what you say, you make the cut, we compress it down into a segment we call the Reverbs. Here on the Solid Verbal. Correct. And sometimes we get messages from people saying, I don't remember what I said on the reverbs, but it appears I called the reverb line at 1.44 a.m. Please be kind. Sometimes we are, but sometimes the content is just too good, Ty. Yeah. And to the poor gentleman who wrote in desperately, (laughs) apparently last Sunday morning, asking that we not use his call. I don't know if we use that call or not, but... It took until today, Tuesday, for me to yeah. read that. So my yeah. apologies, sir, if you were caught up in that. Should we get to our news? We have breaking news! We play that sound for football players and coronavirus and conference realignment whenever the hell that happens yeah it's only fair that we would play it for ourselves so anybody who has listened to this show over the last few months knows that we've been teasing something we've had something in the laboratory that we haven't quite been able to take out and roll out to the masses and today we did Mm -hmm. that announcing a strategic partnership with our good friends over at learfield img college dan i've gotten a lot of questions about this Boil it down for us. What is what does this mean to the show? They are going to be distributing my pizza. My homemade pizza will be a part of no. Um <laughs> we are <laughs> Is that not what this is? <laughs> I regret to inform you, sir. The agreement's a little um, bit different. Our our partnership with Learfield IMG College is pretty straightforward. They do a fantastic job broadcasting college football, be it on the radio, be it on satellite radio, be it, you know, digitally on, you know, on the web, on podcasts, whatever. And we are really diving into a partnership for the first time where we are going 
where college football fans are, which is not to say anything untoward about any of the places with whom we've worked, but they've always been either broader podcast stuff or broader sports stuff, whereas Learfield IMG College is a college football, college sports superpower, and we could not be more excited to tap into their resources, for them to tap into what we do here, the silliness that we're able to produce all year long. And it just, it made too much sense not to. And so we are quite excited. We'll be appearing on Learfield IMG College properties, be it radio, satellite, digital, what have you. It's a really cool, vast network of of possibilities. And we will be making more things within the solid verbal universe as a result, be it launching new shows like we've already done with Big Boy Bets. We have one percolating as we speak, a cold fermentation process, if you will, Mm. a non-college sports show with a dear, dear friend of the Solid Verbal, hint, hint. Um, And be it with audio, be it with video, merchandise, live shows, there's just so much of their expertise we can tap into. And I, I hope vice versa with the silly little universe that we've built up that we're quite excited for this can I use corporate jargon? I'm not very good at it, so I'm just I'm just, not going just to just jump right in. Just do it. I was going to use the word symbiotic, but I'm not. Oh no, that's too means. much. That is too much. That's for too you. much. Too much even um, for you. How about content hugging? Does that work? <laughs> I don't think that's a real. Is that not appropriate? No, probably not. How about college football friendship? <laughs> college football that friendship sound? that will work. Okay, I like that. I I like that as well. Yeah, we're we're excited about this, Dan. You know, when we started this whole thing back in 2008, we didn't have any grand aspirations, but the no. more the more we grew, the more I think you and I were like-minded and just wanting to build a cool community of people like us who just love college football. And over the course of time now, we've come to know a lot about who our listeners are. And yeah. how the show fits into little nooks and crannies of their lives. It's one of the uh, one of the true joys of going to some of these live shows that we do, getting to know the people who listen to the show. We know our people. And so whether it's a, a guy who has a chance to sit at home and watch every Saturday and then tune in on a Sunday, or whether it's like a new dad driving to a birthday party trying to catch a quarter on the radio, or mm-hmm. a guy driving a truck across PA trying to tune into a Penn State game. We have for a decade struggled to reach those people who are like our listeners that we know so well, but maybe just not as engaged on the internet as some others might be. So for sure, we want to reach that guy in the truck. We want to reach that new dad on the way to the birthday party and Learfield IMG College is going to help us do that. So don't be surprised if you're listening to a Penn State game or a Georgia game and you hear an ad for our show, know that you're part of it. Know that you're with us. You helped get us to this point. And wherever this takes us next, we're, we're, we're just really excited to be on the journey with you. We want to reach that mom who can't stand that her spouse <laughs> cannot understand <laughs> why Iowa State couldn't cover a gosh dang kickoff, Ty. <laughs> That's who we want. That, those are the people. So yeah. we're excited about this. Many more great things to come. Do tune in to this show and every subsequent show. Let me ask you this, Ty. Does this new partnership mean we're not recording Preview Recap UFO? Does it mean we're doing no more video? Does it mean we have to watch our language? Does it mean we have to change what we're doing? Is there a morality clause? Nothing, nothing, nothing changes. Nothing changes. They've accepted us for all of our flaws, Dan. I like that. They, They specifically like the show. So that's good. I'm I'm a fan of that. I am a fan of that as well. So we're excited. Hope you are too. More great things to come, I would say, at some point. I think so. I, I definitely think so. I know so. I have I have seen the plans, Ty, so I'm sure of it. But in the meantime, how did you feel about talking some college football? Oh, I can't wait. So we'll buzz through the news here. Um Notre Dame has 18 positive COVID cases. It's apparently linked to a meal and a player vomiting, which is a little more detail than I think we're used to in these cases. But uh, I like transparency. Transparency is good. We have 19 Buffalo players testing positive. Mm. We heard that Blake Anderson, the coach for Arkansas State, tested positive. 
Yeah, he it, sounded like he had a rough go of things. He was pretty sick so. for about 10 days. Yeah. Based on what he said. Earlier, you may recall that the likes of Sean Wade and Wyatt Davis from Ohio State, as well as Jalen Mayfield from Michigan, had opted out. They are opting back in now, so they will be part of the Big Ten schedule when that returns to play next month. And the final note I have here, I hate to make it all about COVID, but, you know, 2020, Mike Norvell is back on the sidelines for Florida State. Here's hoping it makes a difference because 42 point loss wasn't a great wasn't a great send off in his week in quarantine. So we'll see where it goes from here. It seems impossible that Florida State would bring in Mike Norvell, successful head coach, and it not eventually make a difference. I am hopeful that eventually this ship, what is what is the expression that it takes a long time for an aircraft carrier to turn around? I, I imagine that's going to be the situation. Things will improve at some point under Mike Norvell in Tallahassee. Hate to be vague, but that's just where we're at. All right. Correct. Shall we get to games? I'm ready. I would love to, Ty. Dan, Ty, help. I need picks of the week. Let's do it. (laughs) That was a little too primal, but wow, I'm ready. Week five, Dan. Week five is upon us. We had the SEC returning to play last week. We've got a bunch of really good, really exciting SEC games to talk about on today's preview show. I had a hard time identifying a window of opportunity. I I know the haters out there, the the anti-window folk that listen to the show will be (laughs) very pleased to hear that. But I couldn't find one. Look, I I looked across the board. I'm really interested in TCU, Texas in the early window. I'm particularly interested in Texas A&M, Alabama and Ole Miss, Kentucky Texas Tech, K-State, low-key, a very good game in that 330 block. And then at night, we've got a couple good games. We've got Auburn at Georgia. We've got Oklahoma at Iowa State. Even, even a game like Arkansas at Mississippi State on the surface maybe doesn't look like a close one. I know about a 17-point line in favor of the Bulldogs, but it's going to tell us a lot, I think, how they rebound after that big win on the road against LSU. So... I, I'm having a hard time here, Dan. I'm going to temporarily suspend the window of opportunity until Whoa. next week. I'm doing it. I think you can get away with probably the first half of the afternoon games taking care of some business in the yard or errand-wise because there's nothing. Yes, Texas A&M Alabama is interesting, but it's also a 17-point spread there. So it's at a least 17, the expectation. It's a 17-point spread, but if you miss the first half of that game, you probably miss all the game because there's a chance that could be over by the third quarter. Okay. Well, then there wasn't that great of a game to begin with that you missed. Um, and if it is a good game at halftime, if it's a seven-point game and Texas A&M has played Alabama tough in recent years, sometimes, uh, you get the second half of it. Because otherwise, I think... The early stuff is more interesting to me in terms of the competitive nature of those matchups. And then certainly the late games highlighted by the two you mentioned, Auburn, Georgia and Oklahoma, Iowa State feel like perhaps the two must see watches of week five. So I I would find that window in the first half of those 330 Eastern games. That's my rebuttal. Your rebuttal. Fair enough. The Rubenstein rebuttal. Yes. A little alliteration here as we dive into week five. I couldn't think of an appropriate name for this week. You know, we we do the thing every week now where sure. we try to be a little ESPN, but a little sillier in naming the Saturdays. I haven't heard mm-hmm. if ESPN has named any of the Saturdays yet. I'm guessing they're, they're working up to that. But um, a lot of good games this week. A lot of good games. I think it's evenly distributed throughout. It It doesn't feel like the kind of week where we get a mammoth upset, but then again, which week does it just, it feels like something is sort of lurking and I can't put my finger on it, but that was the one thing that one like raw emotion that I kept coming back to looking over these games that there's, it feels like something might go down this week. It's lurking. It's under the surface, but I just don't know what it's going to be. 
So it's either a sucker punch Saturday or a slap them silly Saturday because it could be a Saturday in which Florida wins by 35, Alabama wins by 31, uh, that Oklahoma gets its act together after losing last week and wins by 27 points decisively in Ames. Uh, Mississippi State really builds upon its win against LSU and I mean, they're favored by almost three touchdowns and really lays the wood against Arkansas. So it could be a slap them silly Saturday if, if you're so inclined, but you feel like something's lurking. So maybe that is a sucker punch Saturday. You don't know where the contact is coming from, but you sense it. I do sense it. Sucker punch Saturday it is. There you go. Let's roll with this. Let's start in the early time slot. The game that I think I'm most interested in is TCU at Texas. Texas is about a 13-ish point favorite. Number nine in the country. So some interesting trends here. Since these teams started playing regularly back in 2012, Texas is two and eight. Yeah, I was going to say the Frogs own the horns. They've only won one of the last six, one of the last three since Tom Herman got there. I, I want to, I, you know, I don't always believe in this logic. I know it's kind of a, a bit of a gambler's fallacy, but I want to at least consider the possibility that Gary Patterson has Texas's number. The other thing... Oh, it's entirely possible. The other thing that I want to do here, and I know it's going to sound like I'm rationalizing a TCU pick, which I sort of am. I'm throwing out TCU's first game last week. It wasn't a titan of a defensive effort by TCU by any stretch, but, you know, if Max Duggan plays the whole game, it's maybe it's a win. I, I don't know. I just, I looked this over. I couldn't find anything that I really gravitated towards. And for me, it just feels like the right move to revert back to the preview that I gave at the beginning of August for TCU. Because I really like Max Duggan. I really like the TCU defense. I didn't see enough last week to really change that. I'm still not sure about anything else. So I don't know if they've got enough firepower to win the game outright. I I don't think they do. But just in what I know from previewing this team, is it enough to keep it within 13 points? Judging from all the history in the series, I, th- I think that's something I'm going to get on board with. Well, it also depends on what you think about Texas, what, whether you thought last week was a defensive aberration, whether you thought that, what did you think that that was a wake up call for Texas, that they thought they could sort of slide by Texas Tech when in reality they had very little in the way of answers, especially for big plays against the Red Raiders and TCU certainly had a, it was a very weird game. But I, I think I'm with the the gambler's fallacy that Gary Patterson has a nice handle on Texas, has a nice handle on Tom Herman, and Max Duggan played especially well. I believe it was his best Big 12 performance last year against the Horns. So that's something I at least like. The game was in Fort Worth last year. I think Texas is good, but right now I don't think there's any reasons to believe that Texas is two touchdowns better than what I believe to be at least a decent Big 12 team. So I'm just going to take those points because from what we saw from Texas last week, they're not currently in the moment an excellent team. They performed excellently in those last two minutes, but they're not excellent. And beating a team by 17, 20 points, whatever, uh, Texas should beat TCU by if you are going by Vegas lines. That requires some degree of four-quarter excellence that I don't see Texas having right now. Yeah, Sam Ellinger threw four picks in this game last year, by the way, and TCU's yes. back seven is loaded. That fact alone, I think, is enough for me to take the points. I'm also a little spooked by that game last week that we saw on the road in Lubbock. Like, it's a lot of points to give up, Ty. I know. I I gave you a hard time for laying the points and for Texas yeah, almost did. losing. I still feel like it was the right pick, though. I probably would have made that pick again a week later. Um, I know, you know, Chris, Chris Ash trying to rebuild that defense, but he's got so much talent. They really should have done better. I don't know how deeply to read into it. I also don't know if we're using gambler's fallacy correctly, but it works for what we're doing (laughs) on this show. So I'm going to say Texas wins, but by 10, 38, 28. It could also be just the element of offseason preparation not being what it normally is. And with two new coordinators and with an overhaul of pass catchers, of main pass catchers and guys on defense and language verbiage, it's it might just take three, four, five weeks for Texas to really find itself. Yeah. All right. 
We agree. Whereas TCU has, TCU has more continuity. Okay. We agree. We're going to take those points. Next game. Also at noon, the other headliner that I have highlighted here is South Carolina at number three, Florida, Florida, an 18 and a half point favorite, Dan. How do you feel about this game? Um, we were pretty high on Florida after the Kyle Driver performance yeah. that we saw last week against uh, Ole Miss. How are you feeling this week against South Carolina? I am thrilled. I am enthralled. Anything with TH to actually take the Cox here, to take South Carolina in those points because there always seems to be a team that Vegas overreacts to after a crazy impressive first performance. Now, is it possible that Florida is amazing this season? For sure. Is it possible Ole Miss is going to have a pretty rough pass defense these 10 games? I think also possible. <laughs> so could we be overreacting to what we think is Florida excellence? But in fact, it's some sort of combination of Florida being really, really good and Ole Miss's defense needing a good amount of work. I think it's possible. Also, you look back to what this game looked like in Columbia last year. Will Muschamp and that defense actually did a really nice job against Dan Mullen. Play calling wise, adjustment wise, Florida needed to scramble to come back. I think they scored 21 late to win by 10. But this looked like an upset in the making for a good chunk of the game. So I think there is something about South Carolina that while I don't think they're good enough to beat Florida in Gainesville, I think they can keep it. 10, 12, 13 points worth. And I will I will roll with the Gators and a, a possible desert overreaction. Hmm. Interesting. I it's a I, lot of points. It's a lot of points. It is. I, I liked the Colin Hill to Shy Smith connection that we saw last Saturday night. I think it's gonna be a yeah. lot of fun for South Carolina. And I do think they look better in game one than I expected. The they were first there. The first half of the schedule is truly a bangers only slate for them with Tennessee mm -hmm. last week. Now they're at Florida. They got Vandy next week, but then followed by Auburn and then a road tilt against LSU. They're going to start one and four, but that might be among the most watchable slates of any team in America. So you got, got you got that going for you. Yeah. South Carolina. It was two or three years ago that South Carolina, I think, was the most competitive game, most competitive team in the country, winning or losing by three or four points every week. So it could I, be. I don't I don't really think this one's close. Um, OK, I am going to buy in on Florida. They looked awesome against Ole Miss. I could have used a little more defense, sure. but I I don't know. I'm going to say 41, 21 Florida. The missing piece for the Gators is the running game. And it's not going to consist this year of a feature back. It's going to be Dan Mullen divvying it up, involving wideouts, but whatever. Whatever it takes to run the football, to keep a defense off balance, that is the missing link. That is what I am watching for now in this era of calm throw Kyle and the Kyle driver. So we're going to be looking <laughs> okay, I mean, we're going to be looking at the numbers on this as the season goes on, but I am curious to see if they can take a step forward here against South Carolina because I think South Carolina is pretty decent up front. Yeah, this is a good defense. They were better against the run, I believe, last year than they were against the pass, which is not ideal against Florida. But I, I think they're competitive enough on defense and at least there are new names on offense that are slightly unknown. They had a nice connection, as you mentioned, last week against Tennessee, Colin Hill and Shai Smith. So, yeah, just like Matt Corral and Elijah Moore looked pretty in sync against this Florida defense for a good chunk of the game. I think South Carolina is competent enough to not be run away from. How about right. that? Fair enough. So three other quick games here that I'll mention in that early slot. Baylor minus okay. three at West Virginia. We've got. Mizzou on the road at number 21, Tennessee. Tennessee, a 10-point favorite there. And also NC State at Pitt. Pitt's number 24 in the nation. They're about a two-touchdown favorite. Any of those games jump out at you? Yeah, Baylor-West Virginia, just from a an entertainment perspective, West Virginia slowly pulled themselves back against Oklahoma State last week, but the offense still has a good amount to be desired, I think, in terms of a rhythm. But we don't fully know what Baylor's offense is going to look like against, I think, what might be an okay West Virginia defense. So that game is at least interesting. I think I'm going to give those points for Baylor on the road. We don't know how good or bad Mizzou is. They play Alabama week one. It's a pretty difficult schedule for Mizzou. Not a surprise to, to people paying attention. 
but we don't know anything about Tennessee. So because of the unknown, Tennessee giving 10 points after sneaking past what I think is an okay, at least, South Carolina team last week, I'm going to take the points because there's nothing, and I know you're not a big Jarek Garantano fan, there's nothing to me that says Tennessee can comfortably separate itself from an okay team. And I don't know anything about Mizzou, but that just feels like a lot of points. So I'm going to take the points. It could be an overreaction on Tennessee last week. I am with you on Baylor. I thought the line would be Baylor minus seven. I'm willing to willing to lay the points there. Throw my money behind Chaz Brewer. On okay. the Mizzou game, I agree completely. I like Tennessee this year. I would not want to lay 10 against anybody. Not until they can be a yeah, little a more consistent at quarterback. Um, especially in this case, which... Say what you want about Mizzou, but they should have a pretty good defense. There's a lot back from a year ago, including the coaching staff. I feel the same way, by the way, about Pitt giving, what, two touchdowns? Two touchdowns. This Pitt offense and a big spread, Pitt's not a pour-it-on-in-the-second-half type team on offense. That's something we know about Pitt right now. They're led by their defense, and being led by your defense does not lead to a lot of 27 10 31 3 type final scores i don't think nc state is amazing but i don't think pitt's offense is the type of team that is going to run away from teams so i'm gonna take those points there as well counterpoint nc state could be a nightmare this year totally and i am totally. i am with you i may come back to this game and lock up pit but i am afraid and i know it's going to happen when i finally jump in on the royal blue pit panthers they're going to do something stupid and lose. I just, I really want to take Pitt here. Maybe I'll come back to okay. it. Okay. Let's go to the 330 uh, slot, if you will, yeah. Dan. We've got number 13, Texas A&M, on the road at number two, Alabama. Bama is a 17-point favorite. Again, we ask, what do we really have to go on here? What do we have to go on here? It's a fun matchup. Maybe it. I don't know, conjures up the memories of Johnny Manziel in 2012 <laughs> or I don't know. Kellen Mond has had success against Alabama. He's made plays. Bama's won the last seven. Listen to the margins of the last five. Okay. Bama by 18, 19, 8, 22, and 19. The line here is 17, Dan. That's pretty much on the number. Pretty much on the number with exception for that eight point victory i guess three or four years ago yeah um i'm just having a real hard time convincing myself that a and gonna hang with bama after they barely beat vandy by five a week ago so do you think that is who texas a&m is though or were they looking forward to bama and not trying to show too much and just came out of the gate sloppy i think that's more likely than your take to me <sighs> i think it's more likely for sure and it would not be the first time we saw that in a season opener, especially in the era mm-hmm. of COVID. But like the proof is there, man. Bama beats AM by 18 every time out. <laughs> it's a 17 point spread. And thus, I'm going Alabama minus anything here. Give me Bama. They're so too good. They're the, too consistent. Yeah. They looked really good a week ago. Really good a week ago. So I'm going Crimson Tide. I'm not going to think twice. Okay. The thing that has kept AM close has been playmakers out wide coming through, especially large ones. I know we're going way back to like Mike Evans or something like that, but that to me is the question. What does Texas AM have to change the calculus, the back and forth in this game on the outside for Kellen Mond? And with their number one target opting out of the season, there's no obvious answer. There's no obvious go to dude. And so part of me thinks, okay, well, AM has kept it close. I think it was pretty close at the half last year. Maybe I'm misremembering and thinking of a different game, but thinking it was relatively competitive at the half, I think Alabama runs away. I think their defense has improved from where it was last year, especially with the health of Dylan Moses. I think Alabama wins this game by three touchdowns. I, I really do. I think they're in a much better place in terms of continuity and health uh, compared to where they've been. So yeah, give me the tide by 21. I'm going to give these points. Give the points, I think. We agree! I, but I do think Texas A&M will look better and more disciplined. You know, they have the fumbling problem, the penalty problem. They're going to look better, especially early on. Like, I could see it being 10-7 after the first quarter, 
and then some sort of Jalen Waddle explosion the last three quarters or something like that. So yeah, something like, I don't know, 44 to 20. That's where I land. Elsewhere in that mid-afternoon slot, we've got Ole Miss at Kentucky. Kentucky about a touchdown favorite here. Again, at home. What is the best unit on the field in this football game? Probably the Kentucky defense. Is there a reason then to go against the Kentucky defense here? Did Ole Miss show you anything a week ago that would lead you to favor them? Yeah, I mean, they could throw the ball. They have. They might have the single best offensive weapon on the field in Elijah Moore, right? A beast of but a he game. He is a game-breaking receiver. Beast of a game last week. So I believe he will be schemed to get his. And when you have a game-breaking receiver who can just go 83 yards by happenstance, that changes things. So I actually think Ole Miss is in a pretty decent place. I think they can either, I think they keep it close. I think this is another strange game where Kentucky doesn't fully have the firepower on offense. Maybe they win by a field goal. I'm actually going to take the points here. I don't love Ole Miss's defense at all. I, I actually think they're pretty far from average. I just don't know if Kentucky has the offense to exploit that. So it just feels like a very strange, maybe even lowish scoring 20 to 17 win, 27, 24. I don't know. I, I'm going to take the points here because I just, I, I don't like it when a team might have the best unit on the field and a, a mistake prone unit at the at the on, on the other side of the ball. So I, yeah, I'm going to take the points. This one confuses me. That's what I do. It it does confuse me as well. I feel like Kentucky should be favored by more. I I I like Kentucky a lot. I said when we did our SEC previews that. Kentucky but do you like was... Terry Wilson? Do you like the passing game? No, I don't. Okay. I like the running game okay. and I like the lines. I like the defense. But to your point. Uh, especially coming off of a mistake-prone, I think, disappointing loss, frankly. They could have won that game if they hadn't shot themselves in the foot like four or five times. Yeah. I wonder what state of mind they'll be in. I wonder if there's a letdown effect here, even though it's only week two in the SEC. So I'm going to agree. I'm going to take the points. Um, okay. Yeah. Give me Ole Miss. Give me the fighting Done. Lane Kiffins. Let's <laughs> okay, go to uh, another afternoon game. Texas Tech at K-State. I am fascinated with this game. K-State's favored by two and a half. I don't know what to make of either team, Dan. Both teams went toe-to-toe with the best in the Big 12. K-State won. Tech went to OT and lost. This is like a double letdown game. (laughs) Okay. I think, I think, I don't know. I think the difference here is K-State playing a little slower, playing more ball control, using Skylar Thompson as a runner, as a passer, sort of like I'm speaking now with my cadence, just taking all the air out of the room (laughs) and winning this football game. But I don't know. I would never bet this game in a million years. I have no idea who's going to win. So last week was kind of a despite game or despite weekend for both of these teams. Texas Tech lost despite holding a two-score lead with a minute whatever left. Kansas State beat Oklahoma despite being awful on third down and I think committing like 13 penalties for 150 yards. So if the college football universe is cruel, like we know it to be. It is so cruel. Because we have not... Not too much data on these teams. Texas Tech played a close against Houston Baptist and then should have beaten Texas. Kansas State loses to Arkansas State, beats Oklahoma. So neither one of these fan bases fully knows what to think of their team. So right when Texas Tech fans think that the universe has it in for them, and right when Kansas State fans feel like the universe is smiling down on them, the cruel, cruel twist of the college football gods smites upon the, uh, I think Texas wins. Texas Tech wins this game outright just because of that very dumb reason. Uh, I think the Red Raiders win by a touchdown. That VO that that you gave there was like out of planet Earth, man. That was pretty good. That was very dramatic. (laughs) More so than usual. despite. Thank you. Yeah, I'll go K-State. I have no idea. 
I would never want to put my name to any kind of monetary bet here. Two and a half? Forget I go, it. Forget yeah. it. I go back to being to looking at how surprised Kansas State fans were by that win. <laughs> like, they might know something. All right. Uh, elsewhere in that afternoon block, a few other games to mention. How do you feel about locking up Cincinnati minus 21 at home against South Florida? Uh, I kind of love it. I kind of love it because I looked up to see if there was a body blow effect. You have the sound, I believe. Of course I have the sound, Dan. (laughs) I wanted to see last year and the last couple of years whether or not teams had difficulty after playing Army because it's a physically unorthodox experience, which... You've described your your college years like, right? That's sure. exactly... All the time. <laughs> uh, physically unorthodox experience. Um, it turns out teams that play Army kind of just keep on winning. Or if they're not, they, they keep on losing. It doesn't really have a huge effect, at least in recent years. So I don't believe that to be the case with Cincinnati, even though that was a higher profile game last week. So I suppose there's letdown potential. USF is just... They're miles away. So yeah, I, I think Cincinnati wins this game by 24 or 25 points. I'm locking up Cincinnati. Lock of the week. And I still might come back to that pit game if I'm feeling extra saucy on this Saturday. But for now, let's stick with Cincinnati. You go Bearcats minus the number. South Florida looked awful against Notre Dame. And Notre Dame ran all over the Bulls. There's no reason to think that Cincinnati couldn't as well. Cincinnati plays really good defense. So um, I don't know if it's quite as bad as that Notre Dame game, but I think Cincinnati's a really good team laying those points. Yes, yeah, as do I. And Cincinnati, I think, has a bye week the week after, so go into it with a with a big win. I think there's something there. Four other very quick games to mention here in that afternoon slot. We've got Oklahoma State minus 21 at Kansas. We've got North Carolina minus 13 at the Jerk Store, Boston College. <laughs> Virginia Tech minus 10 and a half at Duke. And we've got Memphis, minus one and a half at SMU. Any thoughts? Yeah, I think Oklahoma State wins big. I think they get their act together no matter who starts at quarterback. I could see a situation in which they give Spencer Sanders another week if they don't anticipate a lot of pushback from Kansas, which I can't imagine they are. Oklahoma State did a nice job against the Jayhawks last year. Uh, I, I think it's a nice team to get your act together against. North Carolina should win comfortably against Boston College. They've had the time off both because of a bye week and because of a cancellation. And BC struggling last week against Texas State. They, that that worries me. I do think they have a potential dude at tight end, but it's not going to be enough. They You need to be able to throw the ball against North Carolina. And I don't think BC is there no matter how much you love the jerk store. I think Virginia Tech should be healthier. It's a revenge game against Duke. Um, Duke is very turnover prone. And so I like wagering against that phrase, turnover prone. Even though turnovers are random, teams that keep coughing the ball up might, might be indicative of a um, perhaps larger problem. So it, it could feel like a really nice time that we can only give 10 and a half to Duke, right? I think so. Yeah, I think so. I think like right. we, this, this spread could be 23 in week eight. And so 10 and a half feels like a nice little line, even though the game is in Durham. And I'm just excited to hopefully see an evolution of Memphis and and a, a crazy shootout, hopefully like we saw last year against what you like to call Samoa. Yeah, Dan, um, let's go back to Oklahoma State. Okay. Lock of the week. Wow. I don't get this line at all. Kansas lost by 15 at home to Coastal Carolina. I know Oklahoma State was not its optimal self last week or really any week. Yeah. Any week this season. And I have not seen at time of recording where Spencer Sanders is at. But I don't care. I don't care. Chuba Hubbard alone should be enough to cover this point spread. A really good poke defense should be a lot. Absolutely. I like North Carolina a lot. It does scare me a little bit playing in Boston College because it's always a weird place to try and cover. But I agree they should cover that game comfortably. And, uh, you know, I mean, what the hell? Triple barrel? This is why I gave you that primal scream at the top of the show. Virginia Tech minus 10 and a half. Virginia Tech looked pretty good a week ago. They didn't even play Hendon Hooker. Duke has gotten worse. Every game 
This year, Duke has gotten worse. He had seven turnovers. Seven. Last yeah. week. Virginia Tech, minus 10 and a half. Give me the hoax. Memphis, SMU. I think I'm taking SMU just because it's at home and I don't love road favorites at like Memphis. They, Memphis is a road favorite and dealing what they've had to deal with off the field. I don't know what their roster is going to look like, whereas SMU has impressed, especially at home this year. So I'm going with SMU. Yeah, I'll go Shaggy Shane. Shaggy yeah. Shane Bichelle. Why not? By the way, also should be mentioned at, I don't know if it's 2.30 or 3.30. My time zones are all crossed. It's the one week we get North Dakota State this year. <laughs> North Dakota State, Central Arkansas, in perhaps Trey Lance. It would have been crazy fun to see him march into Autzen Stadium and look good, just from a football standpoint, not as an Oregon fan. But uh, alas, we don't get that game. So North Dakota State gets to play one game this season, and that is against Central Arkansas. So if you want to know what Trey Lance looks like, perhaps ahead of the NFL draft, if your team is in the market for a quarterback in the next draft, I don't know who is or isn't. This is your opportunity. I believe it's on ESPN Plus in the afternoon. And finally, as we move to the night slate, the biggin, the biggest game of the weekend. We've got two top 10 teams. It is number seven, Auburn, on the road at number four, Georgia. The dogs are a seven-point home favorite here. The news on this front is that JT Daniels was cleared to play. Now, I hope it's because the knee is healthy. The skeptic in me says, yeah, they saw what happened at quarterback last weekend. <laughs> they just decided. Stetson Bennett was fine. He was good. He was good. But he needed another one. And Dewan yeah. Mathis in a pinch wasn't uh, probably not going to get it done against Auburn. So JT Daniels is cleared to play. I'm inclined to say he's better than Stetson Bennett, but I don't know. I guess mm-hmm. nobody really knows for sure. Talk me off the point that this is a defensive battle. Well, I mean, Auburn has a good trio of receivers. Good Bo Nix is impressive when we get to see that. Um, there, I mean, there's reason to think it could be a, a pretty regular football game. That last week for both of these teams in different ways, perhaps, was a slog on offense that you just have to get past. It's week one playing both playing against at least conference opponents. It wasn't a warm up by any stretch, even though Arkansas probably has a ways to go. Uh, This was a seven-point game last year. Georgia won this game by a touchdown with their act far more together on offense than what Georgia looked like last week. I'm actually going to take these points. I don't think Auburn's in a great place to win on the road outright against this Georgia defense. Bo Nix really struggled against this dog defense last year. But I think there's more certainty, even with a new offensive coordinator for Auburn, because of Bo Nix in the quarterback situation. He has receivers to throw to because of what I believe will be the evolution of this Auburn defense. The best unit on the field is Georgia's defense. And that's pretty clear to me. But I just think it's going to be a close back and forth and a weird rivalry year. So I, I like Georgia by a field goal here. And it's I, I do think it's going to be kind of a defensive slog and ugly. I have 17-14 Georgia. So I'm going to take the points. Yeah, part, part of the interest for me in this football game is let's look at what we saw last week in that Kentucky game. Kentucky didn't really take a whole lot of shots down the field. It was a lot of underneath stuff, a lot of runs, a lot of dink and dunk. And um, Auburn held them mostly in check. Kentucky had chances and they did move the ball. They were able to run the ball with some success, at least early on. But, um, you know, they weren't fooling Auburn's defense by the end of that football game. And part of me wonders in a big game like this, we've seen Georgia do it before in some of these bigger contests. And that was even when they had a quarterback like Jake Fromm, who they knew they could trust and rely on to not make big mistakes. Or big plays. Or big plays, (laughs) right? But but that's (laughs) sort of the point. That's sort of the point, right? So now we've got a situation where whichever quarterback they go with is going to be basically a newcomer to Georgia. And they're going up against one of the better defenses in the SEC, if not the country. You think they're going to be taking shots down the field? I know that's kind of the whole theory of the new offense that they're trying to run. But mm-hmm. I, I don't necessarily buy that they're going to trot a guy out there and start heaving it out. So I think I am with you. I think I am with you. I went back and forth on this one. I don't have a strong lean one way or the other. But it does sort of feel like a defensive struggle a game that's tight, a game that's close. Um, I think Georgia wins at home. I think they're the better team, but 
I think it's something like 23-20. This could be a game where Auburn gets 19 points. They go for too late, something like sure. that. So I'll say yeah. I'll I'll say 23-20. Give me Georgia to win but not cover. Yeah, I don't know that we're actually going to see JT Daniels in this game. He is all all that we've seen is that he's going to be quote part of the competition. It's there's there's nothing coming out of Athens that feels like JT JT is back. This is a game changer. We've got it. Our offense is going to come together. That's not what's coming out of the the Georgia camp. And I am I am hesitant about what sort of impact JT Daniels actually has for Georgia. I think their issues run deeper. So this will be a fascinating watch. The other night game that I wanted to bring up is Oklahoma minus seven and a half on the road at Iowa State. This is a tasty game, Dan. Oh, this is a tasty game. (laughs) The Sooners off the loss. Iowa State off the close road win over TCU. In the three years now that Lincoln Riley and Matt Campbell have matched up, 2017, Matt Campbell won 38-31. The year after, the revenge spot, if you will, it was Lincoln Riley bettering Iowa State on the road 37-27. And then last year, a really tight win, another tight win. Yeah, all three were tight. I mean, the, the one two years ago was tight. Iowa State played well. 42-41, Oklahoma wins last year. So we look at the point spread, they see seven and a half. You're getting more than a touchdown here against a team that has played really well against Oklahoma mm-hmm. recently. They've got a lot back. They've got their quarterback back. They've got Brees Hall back. They're a scrappy team as they always are for Matt Campbell. Scrappy. Um, Talk me off the point that Iowa State has to be the pick here, just based on recent history and based on the fact that Oklahoma clearly has some stuff to work out on defense. They've got the new quarterback. They're taking them on the road. There's a lot working against Oklahoma here, isn't there? There is. I mean, I can talk you off of it pretty easily. I don't know if I believe it, but the case against Iowa State is what we saw out of this offense two weeks ago or two games ago against Louisiana, where they looked flat, they looked situationally lost, and you can't afford to do that, especially without a go-to dude out wide if you're Iowa State against Oklahoma, which will score points against pretty much everybody on their schedule. You know, I I think I like Iowa State here to, again, keep it close or pull out an upset win just because I don't see a killer instinct out of Oklahoma. You know, they get up in games and they let teams back. We've seen it, uh, you know, sort of time and time again against the the feistier teams. Brock Purdy tends to play up to opponents, as we've seen in his career. And I also think a pretty good defense at home as underdogs, and I usually like to add in a tough place to play, which Ames generally is with the full capacity stadium, that spells for taking the points, I am going to remove that element and still take the points. I think Oklahoma edges them in a nice bounce-back late performance for Spencer Rattler, but it's it's still too many points to me considering how well Brock Purdy seems to play against the better Big 12 teams on his schedule year in and year out. So I'm taking the clones. I yeah. I, I feel kind of off doing it, because I think we're probably selling a little bit too quickly on Oklahoma. But the fact is, you like to point to, this is is this Iowa State Super Bowl this year? I think it probably, probably is. Yeah. It probably is. So, yeah, I think there are enough factors conflating that I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with State here. The Home dog of the week, baby. Home dog of the week. Give me Iowa State. I... Get that ketchup out. Thank you. I I I worry as well that we're gonna be selling Oklahoma a little bit short. That we're overvaluing or or whatever that loss from a week ago against K State. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the recent underrating. Yeah, underrating. Thank you. The Mm -hmm. the recent history is on the side of Iowa State, and I do like the team. I don't like week one. (laughs) What whatever happened in week one, I don't like that. But yeah. um, this is a game where they have historically played pretty well. So give me the clue. Yeah, and and they've done a good job of limiting bigger plays, bigger pass plays. It's a tricky defense to play against. 
I don't know. I, I, I think what we saw out of Spencer Rattler late made him look like a first-year starter. And that concerns me about pulling away from a what we think is at least a decent team in Iowa State. Again, we have such little data to go on about the, these teams. And there's so many outside factors affecting rosters and affecting game plans that it, it's really difficult to feel all that confident this early on. But I don't know. We've seen enough of this matchup that Iowa State is not going to lose this game before it starts. Four other games here in the nightcap that I'll mention quickly. We've got number 20 LSU, a 20-point road favorite at Vandy. We've got Mm -hmm. Arkansas on the road at number 16 Mississippi State. They're a 17.5-point favorite. We've got Virginia on the road at Clemson. Clemson favored by 28. And we've got Tulsa on the road at UCF. UCF favored by 21. Thoughts on any of those games? Yeah, I think LSU gets its act together and uh, really is able to turn the ball over, turn Vanderbilt over, and run away from the doors. And, you know, Vanderbilt keeping it close last week was, I think, much more... I mean, they, they played well defensively, but it was much more about the turnovers and lack of discipline from Texas A&M to me. I think Mississippi State keeps it going against Arkansas. They, you know, when you have a good quarterback and a good system and you're playing at home, you should be able to get in on, get over a uh, an Arkansas team that I think is still a ways away. Clemson minus anything, unless you believe in Clemson in a look ahead spot, is, is in a look ahead spot, uh, taking on Miami next week. And I think UCF runs away. From Tulsa, I don't think Tulsa has the pass defense. It's perhaps an open face look ahead for UCF, but I think they win this game by, I don't know, about four touchdowns. I thought about locking up LSU against Vanderbilt. I do think LSU is going to pound Vanderbilt, but yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. Clemson's my one. lock, by the way. Clemson? Lock up Clemson. You want to lock them up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Lock of the week. Yeah. I like Clemson big. I do like Clemson big in that one. I don't really see any reason. Yeah, I don't think Virginia has the firepower. Is you know. is there any opportunity here for Arkansas to get inside that number, 17 and a half? Perhaps a letdown spot for Mississippi State? I suppose, uh, but it's Mississippi State coming and playing their first home game. So there's going to be an energy about, you know, even with the smaller crowd, there's going to be an energy about the dogs there. Uh, it's not a look ahead spot, you know, as okay as Kentucky may be. It's not like Mississippi State is Alabama next week or something or Auburn or Georgia or one of those teams. So I think situationally, it's a good spot for Mississippi State. And it's just hard for me to see with how much Arkansas struggled. And yes, it's against a great Georgia defense, but they just struggled so much offensively that it's even though Mississippi State defensively is not where Georgia is. It's hard for me to see Arkansas getting it together to score 20 points? How many points do you need to score to cover this spread? Man. It seems like Mississippi State should be able to score 35 points. Yeah. Yeah, easily. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Klange here. And should mention BYU has Louisiana Tech, who BYU A lot Cougars, of points coming in that game. No Power 5 opponents for BYU. The table running, as well as the field running, feels very real. Yeah. Doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So oh, somebody keep your eye on as the season progresses. So uh, I I think that's everything I have because I did mention North Dakota State, which I'm very happy. I, I squeezed in Trey Lance in a reference to the bison. You got your uh, Trey Lance Ty, reference you, in and the bison. <laughs> can you can you do me a favor I before we to. exit this show? Please. Will you drop? Oh, it feels so right to say things like this. Will you drop that big, stanky, squeezing pulsating drum and fife it's back baby (laughs) the drum and fife for the colonial league of eastern pennsylvania high school football it is back dan who we got this week Oh, the Banger Bangies at Saucon. So, how do you know? I don't know how to pronounce all these crazy Pennsylvania names. Saucon Valley? Saucon Valley, you got it. Which of these schools is closer to you? Um, Banger's really up there, so probably Saucon. Saucon, okay. I'm going to go with Bangor, even though it's not pronounced Bangor. Give me Banger. Give me Saucon Valley. What the hell? Mm. We've got... Southern Lehigh, Northern Lehigh, Yeah, Ty. a rivalry game here of sorts in the Colonial League. <sighs> I know Who's that they... Um, probably Southern Lehigh. Actually, right by Saucon, now that I think about it. 
Um, I'm gonna go Southern Lehigh. Got it. I'm gonna I'm gonna go Northern. I felt good about Northern from the jump, and that was about 41 seconds ago. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, who else we got? Wilson, Northwestern, Lehigh. Northwestern, Lehigh is the no-brainer to me just because of the Pacific Northwest. And I just, they do things a little bit different in the Northwest, Ty. Give me Northwestern, Lehigh. I believe noted television personality Carson Cressley is from Northwestern, Lehigh. Is that true? If memory serves, that is correct. Oh, then they're definitely taking down the the willies of Wilson, for sure. There is also a golf course across the street, pretty much, for Northwestern, Lehigh that I love in the area that I've played really? historically very well at. Yes. So interesting. Okay. Give me Northwestern Lehigh. I believe the Tigers. Palmerton, Notre Dame. Palmerton's the Blue Bombers, Dan. <sighs> I'm definitely going. Palmerton. How can you go against a team called the Blue Bombers? What is Notre Dame's nickname? I have no idea. Maybe okay. the Crusaders? Well, yeah, take the I Blue Bombers know. over the Damies. Yeah. Yeah. Over the Damies. And uh, one more game. Who we got? Salisbury Palisades. You know I ride with Pally Eye. You know I do. That's just how I operate. Salisbury against Palisades. Give me Salisbury. <laughs> Loser. I know Loser. We've got, some, we've got some Palisades listeners of the Loser. podcast. Give me, give me Salisbury. Okay. God, we disagree this week. I love it. Woo! All right. My lips are parched. I am ready for Sucker Punch Saturday. My guess is that all three of my locks will miss. That will be the Sucker Punch <laughs> Not some sort of deep-seated upset or anything hiding beneath the surface, Dan. Do you have any plans for Saturday? Food-wise, watch-wise, sleep-wise. I am going to try to. Wise. I am going to try to just chill and watch some football. It's been a very busy couple weeks here at the headquarters, uh, as sure. evidenced by our big announcement. Here You've on been the doing show. debate prep. I get it. <laughs> yeah. Debate prep. Yes. Um. <laughs> <laughs> um no, I'm 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 looking forward to just watching some of these games, and I've got a solid verbal neon sign that I want to hang up in the backdrop here. Hell yeah! I've seen it. It looks amazing. Videos. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, absolutely awesome. I want to hang that up. I want to get that thing fired up in time for the Sunday show. So I think that's going to be the one task outside of watching football and recording that uh, I put my mind to. How about you? How often would you say Solid Wife Kate sits next to you and watches football? Sits next to me or sits in my proximity? Sits in your proximity. Like is is actively, even if she's doing something else, looking up and saying like, oh, wow, close game. Like how often is she active or semi-actively watching football in the same room as you on a Saturday? I would say my lovely wife, maybe about 3% of the time. <laughs> 3% of the time, so like uh, 10 minutes, <laughs> she'll, she'll throw you 10 minutes on a Saturday? She'll she'll look up from the Nintendo Switch or from oh, reading what is she playing nowadays? Or so. She's into Zelda right now. The Zelda, good? The Zelda game on Nintendo Switch is phenomenal. You can play for really? hours. Oh, okay. it's phenomenal. Good to know. I wish I could play video games. I wish I had the time to play video games running around after a little rug rat. Um I think I'm going to the farmer's market. I, I skipped a week last week because we had to pick up our car. We had to, we went and bought a car. Whoa. And so I couldn't make it to the farmer's market to get those tomatoes for the salsa tie. So I have to, I have to get back there, buy some fresh produce. Uh, Interestingly I enough, don't know now, what else. Yeah. I don't know if we've shared this, but you and I now both have Mazda CX-5s, don't we? Or Mazda CX somethings. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we are... We are Mazda bros. Is that, is that I a think term? Mazda, not a sponsor. Could be a sponsor. No. It's all verbal at gmail.com. But um, we didn't plan that. It is, just sort of worked out, I guess. Is your area like, is there a definitive? Because I know it's sort of suburban where you live, right? It is suburban. I would say, I would say on the edge of rural where I'm at right now. Okay. On the edge of rural. But there, there are a number of families. Oh, yeah. So do you pay close attention? Because when we were in the market for cars, I was paying super close attention to the SUVs. <laughs> Just like what what is dominating the marketplace? And it feels like I live in an Acura neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah. But I wasn't I wasn't enticed. I did my due diligence. I test drove. And this, this is what I like. Well, the problem with the Acura SUV is it's going to cost you like 55 grand. And uh, is that true? I looked at them. And then I saw the price tag and I was like, I don't got that kind of scratch for a car. 
So I went wow. Mazda. Are they nice? I drove it. I liked it. I just wasn't okay. willing to pay the price for it. Yeah, I like standing out a little bit. I'm a fan of the car so far. It's nice. It's very different. I haven't had a car in 15 years, a new car. So it's all very foreign to me and I love it. So I'm going to drive over to the farmer's market. I'm going to watch some games. I'm going to whip up some sauce. I'm going to make some pizza in my quest to dominate Mama H and just move forward. Just collecting W's, Ty. Got an Easter basket of W's that I'm filling up. Easter basket of W's. <laughs> That's correct. All right. Don't even well, celebrate the holiday. I've got a basket. Hopefully your weekend is filled as well with an Easter basket filled with W's. <laughs> correct. As you watch college football. Don't forget to give the Reverb line a call. We're at 408-VERBAL-1, 408-837-2251. Again, leave us a voice message as you're watching the games. Very stream of consciousness type stuff. We would urge you, though, if you call, please be prepared to have your call played on the air. Uh, uh, yeah. Sort of the way. Did you hear from Mama H, by the way? Because it's been did radio I, silence. Did I hear from her about the pizza? She chuckled. Yeah. I get the sense she didn't really take you seriously. I get the sense that huh. she heard you and was like, oh, that's cute. Underestimate me, Mama H. I, 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 got, I will ask her after she listens Doubt to this. Me. But my impression is Doubt that she's, she's not like, you know. She, you're, you're Missouri. She's Alabama. No big deal. I'm sleeping. I'm literally eating fermentation. I'm ready, Ty. I'm deep in the Russian mountains like Rocky I've got here. I've got you like John Nash when he went crazy in A Beautiful Mind. There the are pizza. there are formulas. There are <laughs> there are hydration formulas, Ty. <sighs> I'm ready. That's it. I'm confident. Well, look, wherever you may be, however you may have found the show, we appreciate your support. We would encourage you, if you like the show, to give us a review, give us a star rating. It's not required, but it is appreciated. If you like the show, you can also join up with a teaming community of Solid Verbal listeners out at solidverbal.reddit.com. You can subscribe to our newsletter and find all of our old stuff if you go on out to our website, solidverbal.com. And please do follow along on Game Day and Beyond on our Twitter account, at Solid Verbal, our Instagram account, at Solid Verbal, our Facebook account, facebook.com slash Solid Verbal, and the YouTube, youtube.com, the Solid Verbal, slash the Solid Verbal. I feel like this would be a show where we reveal our first secret verbal of the year. Ooh. <laughs> do you have, do you have a, a, I have a, do you have a subject? In I mind? do have a, I have a subject. I have a tweet. Oh no, I have a tweet. I have a content in mind. I don't have a person. I'm scrolling through. I don't know. It, it's up to you, Ty. You want Reese Davis? You want Pat Forty? Pat Forty could be fun. I don't think we've ever done Pat Forty, have we? I don't think we have. I've got a good one for Pat Forty because right. I, I believe ahead. he lives in Louisville, right? Louisville. I think what you need to do, listener, is tweet at Pat Forty. His his handle is by Pat Forty. That's B Y P A T F O R D E. By Pat Forty, you need to tweet at him and simply say, hey, when this whole pandemic thing is over, we should grab a hot brown. A hot brown? You know what a hot brown is? I have no you idea. You know what a hot brown is? No. It's a famous sandwich. It's a famous sandwich in the Louisville area. I believe it, it comes from a hotel. Oh. A hot brown sandwich, I believe, is turkey and gravy. It's like an open-faced turkey gravy sandwich. It's the Brown Hotel. So hmm. when this thing is all over, when this whole pandemic nonsense, I don't mean the pandemic is nonsense, but I mean, you know, what we're doing. Don't taunt the Rona. In, don't do it. I'm not taunting the Rona. I'm saying what we're doing correctly, in my opinion, in terms of taking safety precautions and public health, when we're able to really socialize, like perhaps we'd like to 100% of the time, I think we should invite Pat Forty to eat a hot brown sandwich. The only thing is... Do not make reference to the solid verbal sending you to at by Pat Forty. No tagging, no nothing. Just simply tweet at him. Hey, when this whole COVID thing is in our rear view mirror, we should all just grab a hot brown together. Big hot brown together. I like it. It's it's sort of a, a unifying message in. I think so. In otherwise downtrodden year. Yeah. I enjoy his writing. I enjoy his TV work. Tweet at by Pat Forty. F-O-R-D-E. I don't think when this whole ever, corona thing is over. 
We've gotten Scrum most of the sports writers before. I don't think we've gotten Pat Forty. All right. Okay, great. I look forward to seeing a lot of hot brown references on Twitter tomorrow morning. Yeah. When but the do show not drops. bring it back to us. No, do we not. did not send you. It is not our responsibility. Let him enjoy the mystery of all these people inviting him to eat a hot brown together. Daniel, enjoy your yeah. weekend. Hey, thank you very much. You as well. For that guy over there, my good friend Dan Rubenstein, for myself, Ty Hildebrandt over here in Eastern Pennsylvania. Thank you so much for downloading, for listening, for supporting the show. We will be back on Friday with another Friday Orbit. In the meantime, stay safe. Enjoy the next couple of days and stay solid. Peace. Hot breath.